0: Hi there, everybody. This is Tracy Malone from narcissist abuse Support.com. Are you struggling to communicate with your narcissist? It's not easy. They can be hostile and things get escalated when they don't need to be. And that sucks you into the more of trying to deal with a, a, a toxic situation on a regular basis. We can't change a narcissist. Can't change their behaviors but we can start to learn new tactics to slow down their aggressive behaviors and their attacks. Would it be better for you if you could learn this skill to de-escalate a situation? It's not fair that you're the one that has to do all the work to make things better because they can't change. So if we want things to change, we have to change our behavior and the way that we interact with their aggressive behaviors. So we want to stop yourself from getting sucked into the drama and the triggers that they're pushing your buttons every single day. So for those of you who have not heard of Bill Eddy, one of my favorite authors, he's the author of Splitting and the B-I-F-F books, Biff, Brief, Informative, Firm and Friendly. He's the founder of the High Conflict Institute. And he's been teaching us to communicate with difficult people for years and years. But this new book is called Ear, whoop, calming upset people with ear, Um, empathy, attention and respect. It's a whole new way of thinking, and it will change your mind about how you deal with them. And it will start to make things easier for you. It's going to help us in a whole new way. So without any further ado, let's welcome Bill today to my show so he can teach us about his new work, developing the ear process of how to communicate with a toxic person. Welcome, Bill. Thank you so much for joining me.
1: Thank you, Tracy. I'm glad to be on with you.
0: It's such an exciting day when I get to see Bill Eddy because your work has literally lit the way for so many people. And your new book, which is what we're here to discuss, hold it up for the people again, calming upset people with EAR. Can can you explain like what EAR stands for and and how did you come to writing this book? Yeah, so EAR stands
1: for E-A-R, empathy, attention, and respect. And the idea is an EAR statement that includes either a sentence about empathy or a sentence about attention or a sentence about respect tends to calm people down, even if they're sad, if they're frustrated, or if they're angry, even with you. So the idea here is to just instead of focusing on defending yourself or making it about you, is stay tuned to them and give them an ear statement.
0: Yeah, and, and that's difficult when, you know, my audience is victims of narcissistic abuse, so they're embroiled in the battle, and it's really difficult. How does this differ from the Biff series and the it's,
1: The big difference is this is verbal, so this is over the phone, on Zoom, in person, where you have more ability to have your emotions get hooked, but also more ability to turn that around and have the other person feel your positive emotions. Mm-hmm. With BIF, it's for written communication, so primarily emails and text messages. Um, so they they accomplish similar things, but they're somewhat different strategies because, as I said, you can use your emotions more when you're communicating personally, uh, verbally. And with BIF, what we're trying to do really is disengage the emotions by being brief informative friendly and firm so the ideal thing is to use both methods the if in writing and the ear in in live conversations
0: absolutely thank you now it's it's so important for our listeners to understand that this isn't something that we like come out of the book and read it like and go oh i got this one right it's practicing it it's going and implementing it and feeling it so that it becomes more natural than i'm reading from a book here's the answer
1: (laughs) yes and in fact it's important that it be true so if you feel some empathy for the person then you can certainly say that sometimes i feel that way sometimes or you know i can see your frustration or you know i empathize with that but if you don't have empathy for the person don't say you do Uh, Especially if you're dealing with a narcissist, they're just going to see right through you and say, oh, that's BS and you know it. So in that case, if you can think of something you respect that they're doing, and narcissists like the word respect. So if you can sprinkle your conversations with that word, I respect your relationship with our daughter, or I respect that project that you did last week, or your promotion at your job, something like that. But again, it has to be true, has to be honest. If you don't have empathy and you don't have respect, you can always pay attention. So you can just say, tell me more, I wanna understand and so that's that's what you can do with uh, that but it's true you really need to be um, sincere but also practice i tell people it's a simple technique but it takes practice because it's it's like you want to defend yourself and it's a real shift to say oh wow you're frustrated about the school schedule um i can understand that instead of well, I didn't have to tell you, you could have looked that up yourself, something like that. So where you put the emphasis is what's important.
0: Absolutely. And it, and it's so difficult because when you're in the heated battle, it's, 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 it's hard to pull out the guns if, if you're like being accused of doing something, but this is all we can change when we're in an abusive relationship is the way we react. The way we can sort of slow down their reaction and their escalation by just being kind to just keep it peaceful. It doesn't mean they have to believe it. It just means they have to de-escalate it.
1: Right, right. And, And their response doesn't have to be ideal. Often what happens is over time when you give your statements, the other person starts kind of absorbing that you're not fighting with them anymore. And in a way, it's like you know the old tug of war with the rope over the mud puddle, and it's like let go of the rope. You don't have to get into the mud. And and what we hear is people sometimes really do calm down because they realize there's no benefit of the accusations and the anger with you, because you can just redirect it. It's kind of like judo. You take that negative energy and send it back in a positive package. Yeah,
0: that's gonna help people so much. Um, you know, counselors and coaches often talk in like reflective and active listening. Um, how does this different from that? So people can get a feel for what to do and what not to do.
1: Yeah. So active and reflective listening are good skills to have, and this is that plus a little bit. So let's take an example reflective listening. Somebody's angry with you because you were five minutes late or something like that. And so it's easy to get defensive and say, well, you know, traffic or you've been late too. And instead to be able to say, yeah, I can understand that was frustrating. And let's see if we can deal with this in the future. So you're giving them empathy, you're giving them more of yourself. You're not just saying, oh, I hear that you're angry that um, I was five minutes late. And their response to that usually is, darn tootin' I am. <laughs> but if you can say, I can understand that, and you know, I'm going to see you know, if I can uh, rearrange my schedule so it doesn't happen again, or something like that. But if you can understand their frustration, Or, and and I, one thing to say here is I can understand or I can hear or I can see, but don't say, I know what you're feeling. That often backfires. So say, I can understand why you would be frustrated or that you might be frustrated by that. So it's reflective listening plus some empathy or attention or respect. Nice,
0: perfect. I I know that, you know, so many, People get stuck in the I know what you're thinking, or I, you know, <laughs> you might know it, but saying that definitely yeah. escalates it because nobody wants to be told that you, you know, you know them better, even though they right. don't really hear it.
1: <laughs> right. Actually, let me add something I forgot to say, and that is in reflective listening, you might say, and I hear that you're angry with me. What I recommend is that you don't respond to anger that you identify what's underneath it. And so what's underneath it might be frustration, might be worries, might be some hurt feelings or, or some you know uh, other type of concern. So that the idea is you don't want to reinforce anger because, and if you're dealing with narcissists, they easily go to anger. So if you can say, I, I hear your frustration that I was five minutes late, instead of I hear your anger. Mm-hmm. So anger is really a secondary emotion. There's something underneath it that they're not, isn't getting addressed. So they're getting angry to get more attention to it. So try to dive underneath. Often I find it's like, oh, you're worried about, you're worried about your
0: schedule. I can understand that. hmm Yeah. Perfect. You know like in your book you gave so many helpful examples which i found was like brilliant i was like oh 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 and you could see it in action and it was cool because it was like <coughs> types of scenarios so there were you know therapist ones there were ones with your lawyer there were ones with an abusive person there were ones with the doctor's office And the most important to me, which is something we're all dealing with. So even though it has nothing to do with narcissists, I want to bring it up, but you know, we're in this like society of, of division where it's political, where it's masks, where it's this, where it's that there's so much that people are struggling with, can ear help in those situations? I know in this, in the book, you've got a story about a woman in a supermarket and the mask scenario. Can you explain how this would help?
1: Yeah, so the idea and, and the scenario is two, two women are going down the aisle in op- tor- opposite directions towards each other. They both want to get a box of cereal, something like that. And one has a mask and one doesn't. And so, and and they each have a child with them. And so the the conflict is easy to imagine that right away, well, you know, you should be wearing a mask. Don't you know COVID's going crazy right now? No, I shouldn't. In fact, it's child abuse that you're making your child wear a mask. You should take that off. We have our freedoms. We have our rights. And so you can see that escalating. But either person can suddenly shift it to an ear statement. So you could say, I I hear your frustration with with wearing masks, and I feel that way, too, sometimes. Um, And I respect your right to make this decision, because there's no mandate right now. Uh, In the example, I think there was no mandate right now. So I I respect your right. And so empathy or, you know, tell me more. I want to understand or respect. I respect your right. So that can calm things Mm -hmm. or the person without the mask could say yeah you know I know you're worried that you're going to catch it and die and you know I'm vaccinated I assume you are so why you know and so you can empathize so either person can shift the conversation from defensiveness to empathy and connection and and that's the way What's amazing, and I put this in the book is some examples, when people are talking in person, like one-to-one or a small group, people really can connect. It's a lot easier to be angry at somebody that's far away or that you never met and so these conversations i think can happen and do happen we just don't hear a lot about them because you hear about when people start you know having a fist fight or something
0: (laughs) that makes the news (laughs) yeah that's right (laughs) i think another thing too to to bring into this one example which you know if i tie my biff work in your books to it is is sometimes in that supermarket we don't have to explain as much as we do to the person who's attacking us. Like I'm in a high risk, I'm I have friends and they always wear masks and they are older and they, you know, have, you know, underlining conditions, but they feel like they have to tell that to the lady in the supermarket. Brief. And, yeah. and getting to the point is gonna make it a lot better than going on, right?
1: You're absolutely right. And you can be brief in your ear statements. And that's a really good recommendation. I, I typically think of them as a sentence. And it could be an empathy sentence or an attention sentence, tell me more I want to understand, or a respect sentence. Doesn't have to be all three. Or some people put all three together. But that's all you have to do. And and you can say, you know, I respect our right, your right to disagree and so i'm gonna back up for a minute and you can get your cereal and then i'll get mine and either one of them can say that it's like it doesn't have to be a confrontation it can be a connection
0: i love that the last piece that i really want to discuss with the, the people here on the show is the ear for self you know so often when we are a victim of abuse we become like the recordings in our head we are actually hurting ourselves without the empathy can you talk about how ear can help self
1: definitely so there's and and i learned this because i had to learn this working in high conflict cases because even though Let's say I'm doing a mediation and husband and wife are angry at each other. At some point, one or both of them are going to get angry at me. And so I have to be ready for that. So I give myself some ear statements before what's going to be a high conflict mediation or other meeting. And the, the one that I like the most is, Bill, it's not about you. It's about what's going on for that person. And so I don't have to take it personally. I don't have to defend anything. They're angry because they're frustrated because their case is not going the way they want it to or something like that. And so it's like, it's not about me. Another is I'm not responsible for what happens to them. Even when I've had cases as a lawyer, have cases as a mediator, had cases as a therapist, I'm only responsible for my part. And so sometimes the cases went great, and sometimes they didn't go well, but I couldn't control the other person. And you don't have to try to control. Control what you do, adapt what you do. So that's what I learned, and I have much better success and relationships with clients when I learned this stuff, because I didn't take it personally. I could stay focused on what was going on for them. So, I'm not responsible for their outcome, Um, it's not about me. Um, Now, there's one I do secretly, but I'll tell you, (laughs) and that is, I used to be a kindergarten teacher before I became a therapist, before I became a lawyer, and so I've worked with every age group. And so, what I'm having a hard time having empathy is I picture the person as a five-year-old. And I go, this person is emotionally five years old right now. And so, how would I talk to a five year old? And I would pat them on the head and d- redirect them. You know, Johnny, we're going, Johnny, Johnny, we're going this way. We're going, good, Johnny, good, Johnny. It's not quite that tone of voice, but it makes me not feel helpless. It makes me feel like, you know, this is going on inside of them and it's, I don't have to take it personally, and it also helps me to think of your statements. I know I can think of an ear statement, and that's going to help the situation. So I tell myself I can deal with this. Now, there's times when I put yellow post-it stickies on the bathroom mirror to remind myself, Bill, today is not about you. It's about your client's difficult case, and so I don't take it personally because I know I'm going to i'm going to receive some anger today but i don't have to absorb it
0: really and that's the hardest part about being around high conflict situations as a mediator yeah. as a coach we're sitting here they're all jacked up and so it's hard to not get um sucked into it so that's amazing advice um i love the five year old i always i'm comparing a narcissist to a five year old and just going you know, like think of it that way because you would react differently. and um, and you know, as much as it's sort of like, they think they're giving them a pass just it's making your life simpler to not engage in the war. The more you can calm down the battle, the, the easier and more peaceful your life will be. Cause if you escalate it, you know where it's going. It's not going to stop.
1: Exactly. And so it it's just, It's just changing ourselves. That's the key. And nurturing ourselves. And I don't remember if I put it in the book, but sometimes just going for a walk or being somewhere green. They say the human brain needs to be around greenery. So you need to be around trees and bushes and grass and get outdoors a little bit. That's easy to say in the time of COVID and Zoom, Um, it's easy to forget, you know, there's an outdoors out there, (laughs) go for a walk on the weekend,
0: go for a hike, you know, anywhere. (laughs) Get yourself calm so that you can help yourself deescalate situations. So this book is for anybody that is dealing with someone that's going to be in a, a possible conflict situation.
1: Yes. And one thing I'm. I'm proud of with this book is I tried to write it so that it would be comfortable for high school students. Mm -hmm. So high school, college, on up. Um, And Biff responses too, I think are helpful for high school and college. But I wanted to make it easy for everyone. And the younger people, I think, have many more years ahead that once they know this technique, it's gonna help them manage so many situations in, in couple relationships, in the workplace, with neighbors, et cetera. So it's really designed for everything, but I've got a, a mother and a five-year-old, I think five or seven, I think he's seven. He had his best friend was, had a problem and, and mom's trying to, works around to giving him a near statement.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: dad and a teenage girl, That's always a good combination for some conflict and uh, defensiveness. So there's dad and a teenage girl. In each scenario, I have it done kind of impulsively and badly and then as an ear statement so that people see some words they can use and see the difference in the response they get. Mm -hmm. Then I have workplace and like you said, a lawyer and client, a therapist and client, strangers, you know, some people say, why should I have to be nice to someone who's being really terrible to me? And so I included the most extreme exam example poss- possible where a woman was taken hostage by an escaped prisoner who killed three, po- three people the day that he took her hostage. And so she knew she had to manage the situation. And this is a real story. It's not my story. I read it in her book, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's pretty amazing. And she got out of it alive and convinced him to give himself up to the police. Mm -hmm. And it's just, and I think she used ear statements for about six hours, and that's what turned things around. So whenever you feel like, well, I don't want to have to be nice, think about, well, in the worst case scenario, it helps if you're nice.
0: It's, it's certainly worth giving it a try, right? Instead exactly. of always defaultly defending ourselves and trying to to um, you know prove you're right. You know, in that case they're wrong. So it's, it's so much easier to just kind of like you get more, what is it? The bees and the honey. I don't remember, <laughs> you know, kindness does prevail and, and kindness keeps your life calmer. It's not always going to work. We know that. Right what I loved that you said a little earlier, and it just hit me while you were talking, was um, when you talk about the posters on the wall, when you read his book, everybody, I want you to like write down some of these statements and go, I'm, I'm heading into a conversation mm. with my soon-to-be ex. How do I, like, I just have some in my pocket almost where yes. pull them out and go, oh, this is how I could deal with that. And, and just sort of read it and almost like you're studying spelling, look at it. So it <laughs> becomes part of your DNA and a little bit more natural. I think it's like learning
1: a language. It's, mm-hmm. it's the, the language of de-escalation, really. And you can de-escalate just about anybody um, using this kind of approach. But it's not a hundred percent. I like to say it's about 90%. So if it doesn't work, move on to problem solving and looking at your choices. Don't just
0: practicing. You
1: know, be frustrated. What's
0: that? The more you practice, yes. the better you'll get, the better the situation will get. So don't do it once and go, oh, that never worked. It's. Right really like okay that technique didn't work that time but could it have gotten worse yeah did i maybe help a little okay try it again don't give up because it didn't work once just keep on trying because eventually it's gonna stick
1: yeah let me add something before i forget it if you're dealing with a narcissist sometimes narcissists will say you're patronizing me if you give an ear statement and so you want to be able to just say, I just want to understand, tell me more. So that you don't insist that you're not patronizing them. Mm-hmm. Just shift away from that and say, oh, you know, tell, tell me more, I want to understand. So that you're not stuck hammering your empathy statement. <laughs> the other thing I want to say is, is some people will manipulate you with your empathy. Say, well, if you really care about me, then you'll do this job for me and you want to let them know i have some empathy for you but even i have limits
0: (laughs) those boundaries
1: (laughs) yeah yeah
0: (laughs) well this has been amazing talking to you i can't thank you enough is there anything you want to just like that we didn't cover that that we didn't talk about that you want to get in today
1: well one thing i'll be pretty brief on it is the idea that emotions are contagious And so the other person's negative emotions coming at you, your brain, your body are going to start absorbing those and wanting to react in a similar way. So if you have incoming anger, it often leads to outgoing anger. So, but that's not totally automatic. You can override that consciously and say, like, it's not about me, Bill, remember, Give an ear statement, it's not about you, and you can turn that around. And your positive emotions, your ear statements, and your, your calmness, your body language can be contagious going back. So you can actually receive negativity, turn it, spin it around into positive emotions, and those are also contagious. I should mention I learned some of this working in a psychiatric hospital with patients with head injuries and they were angry all the time. And you say, yeah, I hear your frustration with the lunch line. Well, you know, it's a hard thing, but we'll get through it. (laughs) And they like calm down because you don't fight with them. There's Mm -hmm. no point in that. So I think that's real helpful is emotions are contagious, but you don't have to absorb. You can put out the emotions you want the other person to catch.
0: in the book you described a a dad coming home and he was all frustrated and turned around and his emotions hit the wife and the wife hit the you know hit the kid but like reacted to the child the child picked up on it and then the child kicked the dog i mean it was sort of this it was contagious through the whole thing and so our goal is to de-escalate so the dog doesn't get kicked and your kid does in and you don't get emotionally off the rails. So I think learning this skill is gonna be so powerful for all the people watching.
1: Thanks so much for talking and sharing about it with your people.
0: I can't wait to get it out there. So everybody will put up the book. I'll put a link down below, but this is Bill Eddy's new book, calming upset people with ear. You know, his other books are, I have some of them here. Biff, whoa, paperwork. Biff and Biff and, you know, communicating with a co-parenting situation, I recommend that every single day. So I can't wait to put your new book on the thing. They can find it on Amazon at this point. Oh
1: yes, they're all on Amazon. And if they can't remember the name of the book, just put in Bill Eddy. And I got a lot of books on Amazon, so you'll find it there for sure.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining me today.
1: My pleasure, Tracy, and best wishes with your good work.
0: Thank you.